0: Good morning everyone, lovely to see you this morning. Um, Whether you're in the room, for those of you online, good morning too. Um, We're gonna kick straight in and show a video story this morning. So, all good, Ola? Thank you.
1: Hi, we want to tell you what's been going on here in our home. Um, We live here with my elderly mother, who's 93 years old, going on 94. And earlier in the pandemic, we were shielding her and it came to a stage and with our health that we thought actually we're losing her. Um, but we were trying really hard to listen to her and to use scripture where we could just to speak to her and then one evening she came to the dinner table and she just said I want my sins forgiven and um, we asked her um, if she wanted to give her life to Jesus, did she understand only Jesus could forgive her sins and she did and uh, so we said a prayer there and she went off that night uh, to her bed just thanking Jesus and since then we've just seen her grow in joy and she's gone from being this woman who's confused um, to somebody who really wants to know the Lord Jesus and uh, she knows that her sins are forgiven and she just has such a hunger and a capacity for the word of god now
2: well now she wants to be baptized in obedience to the lord jesus and we're arranging for that in our home i find this amazing i never thought that i would see this day Uh, but the lord has done a new thing and i can only stand back amazed at what the lord has done Praise the Lord.
1: Amen. Praise God. So, Mama, yeah. tell me, why do you want to follow Jesus? Why well, do I don't want to follow
2: Jesus? Well, I want to follow Jesus because I want to put my trust in him. I want him to know I've got my trust in him because I won't be afraid anymore and I won't be, feel alone anymore. That's lovely. And why do you love Jesus? I love Jesus because he takes such care of us. He's like the little hen who stretches out her little wings and tucks her little yellow babies under her wing. No harm can ever come to them. And that's how I feel that Jesus has. The all sort of care that Jesus has for me. And why do you want to be baptized, Mama? I want to be baptized because I want to hold my head up and say to the world, it's what a wonderful thing it is to be a Christian. And I want to tell them what they've done for me. And I, I'll be so happy. I'll be so happy. I'll be a Christian. And I. I'm so
0: happy. Thank you very much. So we were round at David and Angie's garden yesterday afternoon. So her mum was 93. Um, Angie has been praying for her mum for over 40 years. And she, a couple of months ago, she, she made that confession of faith. And there was about a dozen of us in the garden. And Angie baptised her. So, life is full of surprises, isn't it? Do you like surprises? Not so fast? (laughs) I can see some of you kind of like. For me, um, I'm okay-ish, but I'm generally more wired to prefer to know what's going on. Um, But the story we're going to look at in the Bible today is one that has elements of surprise and being ready. So if you have a Bible, could you turn to Matthew chapter 25? Um, we're continuing our series, What is Heaven Really Like? And uh, we've been looking at a number of stories Jesus told where he starts off by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like... dot dot And we've been thinking about the way that uh, these stories tell us something about what it is like when God is in charge. Um, of the whole of the world and, and including our lives. So if you're someone here, you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, these stories are important because we've said yes to Jesus being in charge of our lives. They tell us something about what that is supposed to be like now. If you've not yet said yes to Jesus, I'm delighted that you've made the choice to spend this hour with us. You're so welcome. And I hope that what we share is helpful to you in the place that you're at in life. So just a little bit of context, last week you'll remember that Rick shared from a story a few chapters back in Matthew's Gospel about a wedding banquet. If you missed that talk, it was very, very good. Okay, So please do yourself a favour jump onto our website. In fact, I put a slide up here of our resources page that we have online, which also has a link out to our talks page. But there is a whole lot of Bible and theology resources up on our website there. And it is a wonderful story. Um, Go and listen to that again or listen to it for the first time. It's a wonderful story about invitation, of saying yes to God's invitation. But one of the things that came across to me is that the life that Jesus offers to us, we need to take hold of it. We need to say yes to that invitation to take hold of what he is offering to us. We can't make ourselves acceptable for God's presence. We take hold of what Jesus has done for us. And so, friends, we have to respond to his invitation, don't we? It's kind of rude not to. If you get a party invite and it says RSVP, reply. And Jesus comes and gives us an invitation. What then Jesus does is he continues to speak to the religious leaders of the day and to his disciples. You'll see that in Matthew 23. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus talks about the signs of the ends of the age, signs of the times. And he says the day and the hour is unknown, but keep watch and be ready. And then Jesus kicks into another story the one we're going to look at today. And this is probably the same day as the story that we shared last weekend. And so the the listeners have already had one story about a wedding, so they've already got that in their heads, and they've been listening to Jesus talk about the signs of the end of the age. We come to Matthew 25. I'm going to read from verse 1. Jesus speaking, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came, sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. It's another story of a wedding. The virgins, I'm going to call them bridesmaids. Okay, That's probably what the, the kind of language that we would use now and probably helps us as we track through this story. They, what do bridesmaids do? They help the bride get ready, don't they? And in Jesus' day, they were involved in sort of like this welcoming reception party for the groom. But what we find in this story, you see it in verse 5, the groom was arriving later than expected. And so they'd fallen asleep. Honesty time, friends. How many of you have fallen asleep while waiting for something? Anyone? Online, you can type that in the chat. What have you fallen asleep while waiting for? In the room here, I won't get you to shout it out. I'll share some of mine. Maybe you've been waiting up for a teenager to come home late at night. Anyone? Now, Bethan is a way better parent than me because I fall asleep. And Bethan generally doesn't. And that's, that's good, yes? And, I'm about, and I need to learn. Um, maybe you've, been, um, you've, you've got up in the morning and you've been reading your Bible and you've been praying, waiting for the Lord to speak to you. Anyone fallen asleep? probably have. I have. Waiting isn't easy, is it? We want life to be like a microwave. We want those things that we want to see change in our lives to happen now. Those things that we're praying for, those breakthroughs of the kingdom to happen now. We need to learn to wait well. We need to learn to wait well. Jesus doesn't say in this story, hey, just, you know, just pass the time. Just relax. Don't bother watching out for what's going on. Just be passive. Don't pay attention. Jesus doesn't say that, does he? Verse 13, keep watch. Keep watch. Back in the previous chapter, Jesus says, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Waiting in the Bible is active not passive. It's an active thing. We engage with what's on our. us. As I was preparing this week, I was reminded of a great verse in Isaiah chapter 40. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. It's a reminder that as we wait, God is at work in our lives. It's an active season. So what are we waiting for? Couple of things. The first is the return of Jesus Christ. There is a big picture going on in our story here the end of the age. A day is coming when Jesus returns like a bridegroom coming for his bride, the church. That day is coming. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we long for that, don't we? We groan with all creation for a day that is coming when everything is made right again. in the whole of the cosmos. No tears, no more pain, because Jesus is making everything right and everything new. I'm longing for that day. I'm longing for that day. And so we join with that cry that we find right at the end of the book of Revelation. Come Lord Jesus and come soon. That's what we pray for, isn't it? Come Lord Jesus and come soon. But we have to wait. And we wait well. And the second thing That we wait for are those breakthroughs of God's kingdom into our lives now. Maybe you're someone who needs healing or you know somebody who needs healing. Maybe you have a friend or a family member who doesn't know Jesus yet. Maybe you're praying for a job or a spouse or um, financial provision in your life. I love this little saying, the Lord is rarely early but never late. You found that? Rarely early, but never late. We need to learn to wait well. So what can we be doing while we're waiting? Second thing I want to share this morning. We can get ready. We can prepare. Part of Jesus' story is contrast between these two groups of bridesmaids. One had made no effort to get ready really no effort. They were not ready for the bridegroom. They were not ready to play the role that they'd been called to play in life. And so they miss out on everything. And Jesus says that's just a foolish way to live life. The other group of five had made some preparations so that when the groom turns up, they had oil, they were able to play their part in what they'd been called to do, and they join this amazing wedding party. And Jesus says that they were wise. And in verse 10, he says that they were ready. Now, this is, I haven't even asked this question, which group do you want to be like? Because actually, I don't think people generally get up in the morning and say, I want to be really stupid today. You know, we might end up making some stupid choices during the day, but I don't think in general people get up and say, I'm going to be really idiotic today. I mean, coming me afterwards if you do, because I'd love to chat and pray. But I don't think generally that's how we want to live life, is it? And the point, Jesus' point, I think is obvious, isn't it? It's like, get ready, prepare. So what does that mean for us? Well, in the big picture sense of being ready for the return of Jesus Christ, Jesus himself tells us to live as though it's going to happen imminently. So we make because we do not know the day or the hour. And so Jesus, in another story, says, it's going to be blessed for those people that are about the master's business when the master returns. So we're ready. We're ready because we do not know the time. So don't put off a decision to follow Jesus now. Don't, Don't put off that decision for another point because you don't know when that point will be. The best time is now. If we're a Christian... I think a really smart thing to do with God's help is to seek to live lives that are worthy of the calling that Jesus has given to us, the calling to live out the life that he's given to us. That's how Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, to live out that life of becoming more like Jesus Christ. And we can all do that through making wise choices day by day because we don't know what tomorrow brings. We can grow in ministering like Jesus. Jesus. That's part of getting ready. That's part of bringing his kingdom into our world. We can grow in ministering healing, in ministering in the prophetic. We can grow in leadership so we can bring that gift into our world. We can grow in biblical literacy. What I mean by that is taking hold of the Bible and being filled with the wisdom of God's word so that we can understand more the world that we live in, the culture that we live in, the times that we live in. So that, that resources page, there's some excellent resources up there. You know, the Bible in One Year app to help track through the Bible, other Bible um, reading resources. There's a Bible evening coming up in a couple of weeks' time, and then there's a series going through Mark's Gospel in October, November, January, and February. There's a Bible day coming up in November. We'll talk about that more later. Do you get my point? There are ways that we can grow in our biblical literacy so that we are more ready for the world that we live in. So we're waiting. We're getting ready. The question is, for what? For what? Let me read verse 6 again. This cry rings out. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. So who are we getting ready for? 95% 95% of the time that a pastor asks the question, remember the answer is always Jesus. Come and meet Jesus. That's what we're waiting for, isn't it? Both now and in the future, we're waiting for Jesus. You see, one day, we are all going to meet him face to face. Whether we're ready or not, whether we believe him or not, for me, the Bible is really clear. We're all going to, Come to this day where we meet Jesus. And one of the things that I love most about being a Christian is I don't have to wait till then. That as followers of Jesus, we get to meet Jesus every day now. And so one of the things, if you said to me, Annie, what do you love most about being a Christian? I would say this, I love being able to get up in the morning and open my Bible and pray and meet Jesus. And I love being able to walk my life and walk each day with Jesus at my side. That is one of the huge blessings that I personally find in following Jesus. I'm never alone. I'm never alone. I'm, I'm walking with Jesus as best I can through each day. I love meeting him. There was such a sweet sense of God's presence here today. That, that's the presence of Jesus by his Holy Spirit. With You see, yes, a day is coming when we're going to meet him face to face, but we meet him today as well. Isn't that just amazing? That's just amazing that we get to do that. I love that. And there is, isn't there, this presence, this sense that his presence is everywhere. And that is true. But again, as I was preparing this week, there are, there are some places where I have always found his presence. Some places where we can go, where we can sniff out his presence. Here's just a few. When we're with those people who don't know Jesus yet, we will find his presence there. Because he is always at work in his lives. In their lives. I was chatting to someone just as they came in the door this morning and and they said I could share this if I accidentally shared it so that's fine. They said they were at a family gathering with family and it's been quite difficult and stuff like that but when I I spoke to the guy who came in this morning I said how are you doing and he said I'm living the dream despite being in difficult family circumstances because Jesus was there and they've been praying into that situation because we find Jesus there don't we amongst those people who don't know Jesus yet. We find Jesus amongst the people who are broken and hurting in this world. I was praying for somebody a couple of, two or three weeks ago, and they shared with me the week after. They said, they said thank you for praying with me. You know, the fear has, been, has kind of been lifted off my life. And I said, well, that's great, but that's because we met Jesus. That's because we met Jesus in that moment, in that moment of ministry, in that moment of reaching out with, through that pain and that brokenness and hurt. It's because we meet Jesus there. You see, Jesus is always hanging around in places like that. Jesus is always hanging around in places where there are people in material need. You know, if you want to meet Jesus, come into Storehouse sometime. Get involved with what we're doing with Afghanistan, with the English language classes, for, you know, through meeting place, because you'll meet Jesus there. You'll meet Jesus where you see somebody homeless in a high street and you reach out to them, because Jesus hangs out with people like that. Does that make sense? Jesus is so often found amongst the last, the least, and the lost. Here as well, and that's wonderful. But one of the reasons that we gather together is that we come into the presence of Jesus. We're filled with the presence of Jesus. We have these encounters with the presence and the power of Jesus so that when you go into your workplaces, your families and communities, you're bringing good news and hope and life to them. That's the story, France. That's the story. So... You know, everything good starts in God's presence. You've heard us say that so many times. And that's so much about what this come and meet Jesus. Come and meet Jesus. If you've not yet said Jesus not yet said yes to Jesus before, now is a really good time. And we're going to pray a prayer in a moment where we can just kind of mark that moment. But I think for all of us, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus here today, the invitation from this story that we've read is come and meet Jesus again. And it may just be you're just thinking, you know, when did you last have a powerful encounter with the presence of Jesus? Where Jesus kind of shook your life, shook your body, shook your thinking, shook your heart, shook your world. When was that last time? Because I have a sense that for many of us, Jesus wants to really kind of grab us today. If we have dreams of God doing big things through us he has to do big things in us first okay that's the way that the kingdom works and so I'd love to make some space for that this morning so can I just pray a quick prayer right now for those of us in the room and those of us online if you're here today and you've not yet said yes to Jesus then let's bow our heads I'm going to pray just a simple prayer that you can make your own here okay Jesus, thank you for your incredible invitation to me to come and meet you. And Jesus, I'm sorry for all of my stuff, my sin that gets in the way of that. But Jesus, thank you that you've made a way for my stuff and my sin to get forgiven. To be wiped away. And so Jesus, I I say yes to your forgiveness. I say yes to your grace. I say yes to your invitation to meet with you today. And so, Jesus, I open my heart to you. I say yes to you. And I ask that by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, you would come and live in me and with me for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name.